have a word for you this morning. So can we just go to the Lord and pray? And let's just pray. Father, thank you so much that I have the incredible opportunity to come. And that, Lord, I may be standing on a platform, but this year you've given me a platform with people that have been chemo chairs, and people that have lost hope and been able to pray with them, talk to them, encourage them, and pour courage into their discouragement. And Lord, I thank you that when we were utterly hopeless, helpless, the Bible says in Romans that you came just at the right time and you died for our sins, that you rescued us. And so, Father, Father this morning, open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive, all that you want to speak to us by your spirit. And if you believe that, say, I believe. believe. You know, I believe this. How many know that sometimes life is harsh? Pain is painful. And hurts, hurting hurts. And trials are trying, but they don't last forever. Aren't you glad about that? And so what I want to do is I want to read you a portion of scripture where it says, it says, return to your stronghold. And it's in Zechariah. And it says this, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. When I think about stronghold, we talk a lot of times about strongholds of drugs or addictions or sexual things. We think of those things. But how many of you know that God gives us strongholds? Stronghold of faith, stronghold of peace, stronghold of joy. The fruits of the Spirit are the spiritual strongholds that we can hold on to. Amen? And for every one of us, we face different things in our lives, and that's why we need to go, you know what? And that's why you need people in your life. That's what life groups are all about. That's what being around and doing life together with other, other believers is because when we face things, we can go and go, you know what? They're a stronghold. They lead me to the stronghold, the rock that doesn't move, you know, and his name is Jesus. You know, it's like there were, there was guys years ago, they were, they were merchants and, and, and they, they'd, they'd come, they were looking for this, this ship that had wrecked and, and they, 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 were, they saw these rocks off in a distance and as they saw these rocks off in a distance, they go, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, get a little closer and they're, they're looking and they go, it looks like there's somebody on that rock out there and so they, they guy, they get out to the, this rock and they literally peel this guy off this rock and they go, what happened? He goes, I don't know, man. We hit a storm, and all of a sudden, I just, all I know is I started grabbing things. I grabbed the board, and we, and I found them, I, 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 we hit this rock, and I just grabbed onto the rock, because when the waves were hitting me, the rock didn't move. When the rain was here, stamping on my back, the rock didn't move. And when the wind started trying to peel me off, I just began to hold on tighter because the rock didn't move. And no matter what we face, no matter what we go through in life, when we hold on to the rock of Jesus, no matter what our circumstances are, He doesn't move. <laughs> Instead of living in despair the rest of your life, living but not living. How many of you have felt that way before? I'm just existing. You know, but see, I believe this. We have, we have to risk sometimes, sometimes a hope again. And sometimes we lose hope by the situations and the circumstances of life. We have to risk it all again. But when we feel utter hopelessness, the Bible says this, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through him. That we got to look to him. we got to trust him for us and for our families. We can believe that Jesus has the power to, re, to recreate to redeem our lives. How many believe that? No matter how much the destroyer has destroyed, by faith we can lean into Jesus. And listen to me. And we can learn to risk again. 
You know, some of us have been hit by things or people have said things. And you know what? We have to be willing to go, you know what? I'm just going to learn to risk. I'm going to learn to take a chance. I remember, how did this building come about? You know, four or five years ago, I can't remember, I was sitting in a chemo chair. And the devil started coming at me and going, that's it, your dream's done. And I'm in my chair and I'm arguing with the devil. Laying in my, uh, sitting in my chair. And all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, I know you gave us a, a vision for this. I know what you spoke to me years ago. And about that time, long story short, a guy called me and he goes, hey, Bubba. He said, you know, we helped you last year, me and my wife. And, ha, ha, we want to do it again. It was so fun. I go, hey, let's make fun happen. And you know what? He said, for the next six weeks, whatever you raise, I'll match it dollar for dollar. And I said, well, give me seven weeks. It sounded more spiritual. <laughs> Gave us seven weeks, and we raised $85,500, and we paid this building, the sanctuary off, and we walked into it. And it wasn't because of, it wasn't because of me. It's because sometimes you got to fight even in the midst of what you're going through. And God knows what you're going through, and he'll meet you at the right moment when the devil's taunting you. Come on. And see, it doesn't deny the reality of pain. Hope doesn't. Being a prisoner of hope in God is different. God's prisoners' hope aren't forced in some kind of institution that we just lock in and we go, you know, matter, no matter what I go through, no matter what I face, I'm locked into God and I'm not moving. God, no matter what, just like the rock in the ocean. You know, it's, you imagine, you, it's, you have, you, imagine a castle. And you're in the castle. And you know what? All the things come at you. But you're, you find safety because the castle has built, been built on the right foundation. And it's not going to move. Only God can catch and carry us into the next, into your new life. For some of you, you're here this morning and you keep imagining, you know, when this happens, when that happens, when this lines up, when this comes about. But, you know, when I start reading the scripture, you can't wait for the perfect moment. Sometimes you got to know that God's spoken to you, given you a promise, and you go, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going for it. And people look at you going for what? Huh? You know, this, this ages me a little bit. But I've been saved for 39 years now. And I remember the guys when I smoked my last joint. And I was telling them about the Lord. Oh, you're going to be back. Oh, come on now. We're going to burn a bong and you're going to come. We know that smoke's going to come. Have fingers and go, come. See me again, Baba. <laughs> but you know, it's a crazy thing. In 39 years, when I meet my old friends, now they go, hey, man, my marriage is screwed up. My life, my kids. Hey, Baba, you think you can? And see, God takes you from a hopeless situation to raise you up to be hope for someone else. And as Christians, we are, God prepares us to be hope. Because you know what? In your neighborhood, in your work, people watch you. How many people are watching you? How many of you ever had that line, I've been watching you? I timed you in the bathroom. No, no. <laughs> Only God can catch and carry us into a new life, the new life we've always imagined. 
You see, the first point, because I'm a preacher, I got to give three points, and that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? So here it is. Here's the first point. I, I'd rather use this in someone's sleeve, but anyway. <laughs> Number one, give hope a voice. Say it with me. Say, give hope a voice. How do we do that, Pastor Bubba? I'm so glad you asked great questions at this church. And so I'm going to give you an answer. How many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath? Come on. And do you remember the story? Man, Goliath, he's tall, he's big, he's a giant, and he showed up to fight. And actually, if you read the story, for 40 days, the giant is on one side and the children of Israel on another side, and there's a valley. And he's calling all the children of Israel, your mama. She's a Hittite in a Jebusite, and you know what? I'm a Philistine. Come on, who can take me? And all of a sudden, the children of Israel, the army of Israel, they're like, Freaking, they're looking at their circumstances. And then a guy named David, <coughs> he is just coming to deliver cheese and goods to his brothers. And he hears this guy. And he looks at the guys, he goes, he starts talking to them. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he's taunting the armies of the living God? And I'm like, how did he know he was uncircumcised? <laughs> anyway, that's another message. That's like calling someone out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, you know the story. They come and, and, and they, 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 he goes out to the valley. There's a whole lot more to that, but I'm trying to get to the point. I don't want to be forever. My time's limited. And what happens is they go out to the valley and Goliath starts giving David the facts. He said, you know what? I'm going to take you out, you little runny nose little twit. That's Bubba version. He said, am I a dog? He says, that you come to me with a stick? And he begins to tell him what he's going to do to this, this little guy. He said, I'm going to give you flesh to the birds and the animals, and they're going to eat you. But you know what? David comes not just with the facts. He just comes with the truth. He goes, hey, that's fine you say all that. He said, but David, right, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. He said, but I, and I like, how many of you know there's some good butts and some bad butts in the Bible? It's where you put your butt. But he said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God, Lord of the heavens, uh, of heaven's armies, to the Lord, to God of the armies of Israel, whom you have denied. And I love, I love what he says, today... He goes, the Lord will conquer you, your mama. The Lord's going to take care of you. And you know what? And he's going to give your dead bodies to the birds and the wild animals. And you know the story. Takes a slingshot, throws it at him. He falls. He takes Goliath's sword, cuts his head off, shows him like this, does a Michael Jackson dance. You know, everybody's, wow, wow. Because you know what Philistine means? Really, it means sameness. And I know a lot of Christians that just stayed the same. And because they say same, they become lame. And when you become lame, you become tamed. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. But see, here's the thing. 
The thing I love about this story is that it doesn't matter where your circumstances are. A doctor can tell you the truth what your body's going through. The banker can look at you and go, you ain't got no money, honey. You know what? The drug dude that you've been trying to get away from, he said, come on, man. You know you ain't getting away with this. You're going to call me. Your son hadn't come back like you've been praying. You got bad news that a relative's in jail, and you've been praying for him. And you go, how's God going to work in that? Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? Those are the facts. But you know what I love about God's truth? It overcomes all the facts of life. It does. You see, I know that taking captive every thought, sometimes, how many of you fight sometimes with thoughts you have in your head? Just a few of you? Okay. We're going to pray for the rest of you that you become honest. How many of you know that we're all one thought away from allowing the inner jerk to come out of us? One red light. One parking spot at Walmart. Come on. When it's hurricane time and everybody got the water, and it's the last case and they take it from you. It's like something wants to come up. Come on. I had the first service go out. Whoo, my mind's been coming up lately a lot. We all have that. We're all one way. I used to, as a kid, I went and looked for one yesterday, but it's a politically correct toy, and you can't find them anymore. Maybe you can go to Amazon. I wish I would have thought about it early, and I would have bought one on Amazon if they had any. But when I was a kid, we used to have punching bags. You remember those? Mine was Bozo. Bozo had a red nose, and his nose would blow up a little bit. And the thing I liked about Bozo is when you would hit Bozo, I mean, he would hit, but he'd come back up. You could hit him, kick him, you can, you know, whatever. You can jump on him, but he would just, like, pop up. Why? Why would Bozo pop up? Because he had a little sand weight at the bottom. Come on, y'all remembering? Yeah. I remember Bozo. I didn't like him. But you know what? I could hit Bozo, and he would always pop up with a smile, with his red nose. Why would he pop up? Because he had a weighted bottom. And I think of Bozo sometimes like Christians. They get hit by life, but they're coming back up. The enemy comes. Circumstances come. People say things. Because they have a good foundation. It's how you build your life. What allows you to come back up. You ever try to take a beach ball and go to the bottom of the pool? Come on. You get that ball and all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm going to sink this ball. And you're resisting, I mean, it's resisting you. And all of a sudden, you let it go, and it pops up. And that reminds me of someone's got the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That you try to drown them, you try to put them down, and all of a sudden, they just, they pop up. And they come, they kind of pop up, and they go, what's up? But you and I choose, it's not word, choose to be prisoners of hope. Say it with me, say hope. 
I do this by giving hope a voice of what I think and what I say. When I get, you know, my wife looking at me, you know, Bubba, you know how many times they've told you you have cancer now? I go, no. The last time she told me, she goes, 10. I go, I wasn't even counting. Now it's 11. But every time, this is what I say. I trust God. I'm trusting God. That doesn't mean I feel good. That doesn't mean my circumstances look good. That doesn't mean, you know, it's like, hey, I got good drugs they're giving me. Hey. They've given me a few. I mean, they have given me stuff they sneak across the border. I don't want it. <laughs> when I came out of ICU, being knocked out, Luke asked me, Dad, did you see Jesus? No, I didn't see Jesus, but I saw a lot of other things. <laughs> but see, you're born to a family that maybe you're born to a family that say, Pastor Bob, you don't know my family. They've all suffered. They've all walked in this same stronghold in their whole lives. And I've walked in it. Look at me. You were born to be the one that overcomes through Jesus for your family. Your family's watching you. The scripture says it like this. Philippians says, finally, brothers, Paul's saying after everything else, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, it's on video. Hey, it's what happens when people have a getting over a respiratory infection. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. The pulmonologist, Dr. Cormier, would come into my, when I was in ICU, Tracy told me, because I didn't know I was out, like the picture. And he'd come, he goes, well, his numbers hadn't changed, and the levels haven't changed, day after day. Finally, about the fifth day or something like that, she said, Dr. Cormier, appreciate you giving me all that stuff, but I'm going to ask you to do this. Can you not look at the numbers and the stuff? And could you just start praying for him? She said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And the day, I guess, they were taking me off, I don't know the exact moment, was that about? He came in to see... And he went in his doctor outfit, and he goes, I just had to come see him to see with my own eyes that he's getting out of this. Can I tell you something? Sometimes people have to see things to believe. Hello? You know why I got saved? Because I saw people get saved. And I thought, my God, I had one guy that was the craziest guy I knew on the face of this earth. He got radically saved. He was one of my best friend's older brother. And I go, if Dean can get saved, there is a God. <laughs> Come on, how I many you know what I'm talking about? You see, if you'll choose to be people of hope who use words of hope in a world where people desperately need it, you'll start seeing change. So the Bible says the same Spirit in Romans, it says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. 
What does that mean? It don't matter how much you try to put people down. It doesn't matter what they go through. If you get your play, if you trust the Lord and He is your hope, He is your rock, He can get you out of any circumstance. Now listen to me. I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised next week. But the one thing I do know is while I'm here, I'm going to talk about Jesus. And while I'm here, I'm going to try to give hope to people if they like it or not. I'm going on an airplane in a couple of days. There will be people I talk to about Jesus on the plane. I just promise you. Come on, Ronnie. Does that happen? Ronnie, help me out. Do I talk to people about Jesus when you're with me? Amen. Amen. That means yes. The second point is this. Hope is an act of defiance. How many of you have ever been defiant? Don't smile at me with your religious face. <laughs> How many ever done something you were just defiant? You just did it. I remember one time, Miss Freeberg in ninth grade, and I was flying an airplane in class, and she said, Bubba McCann, if you fly that plane again, I'm sending you to the office. And of course, I flew that sucker, I flew that sucker and she goes to the office. And for a whole week, I had to go to the principal's office fold the plane, throw it at the principal's bookshelf, pick it up, unfold it, sit down, and refold it for a week. I had to get to school 30 minutes before school started, and I became an expert of defiance of throwing a plane. I didn't fly a plane again like that ever in my life. <laughs> but maybe you're, 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 you know, you're just beleaguered or just lost hope of a loved one getting saved, of being delivered of drugs, or a child coming home, a body to be healed, your finances, or just to have a house of your own. Whatever it is, it's, look at me, it's time to take a risk of hoping again. Maybe you've had church hurt. Can I just say something right here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry you may have had a church hurt. But I believe this, is that you know what? We were the perfect church, so you showed up. I'm playing with you. But we were. And no, just. Whatever it is, whatever dream you had, maybe you had a dream and it died, whatever promise you gave up on, the truth of God words, God's word says, we serve a God with the resurrection power, who specializes in raising up things that, we've, that have been dead in our lives. You see, our God is transformed. He'll transform things. Uh, 2 Corinthians says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And it says this, the old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. For our sake, he made him to be, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God is a God of redemption. God's a God of restoration. God's a God of new beginnings. How many need a new beginning? See, if you don't like where you are now, can I just say something? You don't have to settle for it. Just resign from it. See, we you got to learn. See, Philippians says it like this. I'm certain with God. He who began a good work in you is able to complete that work until the return of Christ Jesus himself. 
So that means, how many know that you are under construction? That means the Bible says the day you trusted him, he's, he began to do a work. And he's still doing that work. And the Bible says it's a good work. That doesn't mean it feels good. That doesn't mean that, you know, that what we do is I'm looking forward to God changing me. See, what we do many times is we want God's blessings in our lives, but we don't want God's construction in our lives. Is there music playing? Oh, thank you, Andrew. I was like, Lord. I think, man. Ooh, it's been a long time since I preached. I was like, man, is it me? The mu- preaching so good, music's coming? It ain't that good yet. Come on, let's just be real around this house. We become prisoners hope, who cling to hope, who speak the language of hope, who don't put off hope, who are willing to let God surprise us with a new future. We become prisoners of hope. We're committed to daring and defiance. We dare to hope again. Will, will they look like we first imagined when we start trusting God with new hope? Probably not. Will we go through more disappointments? Look at me. Most likely. Will we have any future dreams die as well before they come to life? Yeah. Why? Now listen to me. And listen to me well. You need to write this down. Because every promise is tested. And every dream is challenged. Every promise is tested. And every dream is challenged. When I read the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament to the maps. And you read the stories in the Bible. It's people that are being tested being tested. Not only are they being tested, they're they're being challenged. Abraham's promised a son. I mean, his wife's 90 years old. Lord, have you seen Sarah lately? I don't know what happened that night in the tent when she conceived, but something happened. Because the Bible says this. That's all it says. He was good as dead. That's all it says. I love the story of Joseph. Joseph has a dream. He tells his brothers and his dad. And they get kind of jealous and his dad makes him a coat. And they're really jealous. And they're watching the sheep and they decide they're going to do something with Joseph. They throw him in a pit and they put blood on his coat until their dad, Joseph, was killed by a wolf or an animal, a wild animal. Joseph sold into Egypt. He lands in Potiphar's house. A lady, Potiphar's wife, falsely accuses him. How do you defend yourself when she grabs your, your, your tunic and you're naked? Not a bad, not a good defense. 
thrown in jail. When he's in jail, the cupbearer and the baker have dreams. He interprets their dreams. And he goes, and he goes, remember me when you get out. Okay. And the dreams that he interpreted came to pass. And for two years, Joseph is forgotten. Then Pharaoh has a dream. And the baker all of a sudden remembers. Pharaoh. And he says, all the people of the kingdom, the wise men, all these music, musicians and all that, they can't interpret his dream. And the baker remembers, hey, Pharaoh, there's a kid. When, I was, when, I, when you told me, when, you, when I came back, he told me everything was going to happen to me, how my place was going to be restored. And it happened. And I love what it says. They grabbed Joseph. They gave him a, they gave him a bath. They shaved him, he said, and he, and he faced Pharaoh with a new face. How do you know sometimes God does new things in your life and you can't go by, back to the old ways? And Pharaoh comes to him and says, hey man, I hear, this is Pastor Bubba's version of it, I hear that you can tell dreams that people have and tell them what it's all about. And I love Joseph's. He wasn't proud anymore. He wasn't like, oh, Pharaoh. We tight, man. What's up, bro? I can tell you everything you're going on. He didn't do that. You know what he did? I love what he said. I can't tell you your dreams. I can't. But I love what the Bible says. He said, but my God, my God can. Guess what? You can't change your circumstances. But you can hope. And your God can. Say it with me. Say, my God can. You see, when you become a prisoner of hope, it, you, all of a sudden you begin to realize there's no need that God can't meet. There's no prayer that God can't answer. There's no miracle God can't do. There's no sickness He can't heal. There's no heart He can't mend. You know what? No door God can't open because my God is the God of all hope. You see, when you become a prisoner of hope, you aren't dismayed when dreams take longer than they should and you lost more than you think you should have. It's harder to realize than you think. But when you become a prisoner of hope, you be, we begin to shift our perspective. What do you mean? You look at what you have left instead of what you lost. You believe the best and you don't assume the worst. You keep moving forward instead of shrinking back. You know what faith is? It's putting one foot in front of the other. That's what it is. Just putting one foot in front of the other. Let's refuse to throw away our confidence and trust in God. Daring to believe, here it is, that he's a rewarder of faith. God loves faith. I was reading just in my personal reading this morning, when, Peter, when he looked at Peter when they were walking on the water, and he said, why did you doubt? Why'd you doubt? And he says, I love faith. You can do anything in faith. The third and final thing, and I'm bringing this to a close, 
God restores in unexpected ways. See, when you risk becoming a prisoner of hope, God can and will change what needs to be changed. Look at me. How many need some things in your life changed? And you know it's only God can do it. How many of you tried to do it on yourself? Try to do it yourself. Try to chalk yourself into changing. And how many of it worked? No. But see, here's what. We can get well. We can climb out of debt. We can forgive. That's a big one. But Pastor Bubba, you don't know what happened to me. No, I don't. But I... I've talked to people that terrible things have happened in their lives. They had to come to that point. They had to forgive that person that abused them verbally or sexually or, or whatever they did or took advantage of them in business. And they were willing, they, when they, they got freedom, when they began to forgive. And we overcome grief. Even that we can overcome grief, even a loss of a child. Losing a child at any stage of life is probably the most unimaginable pain and utterly devastated. No child can be replaced. I've watched my pastor and his wife lose their son. God can take us to a place where we no longer ache with the loss of that moment every day, even though there's still that loss. He can move us from a place of pain into a wide and spacious place purpose. Why am I going through this? I don't know. But God could use anything. I used to love Papa Salerno. He'd come and he was old mafia guy that used to throw people down elevators and got saved. You go get gas with him. He goes, he goes, hey, you'd be pumping gas. Hey, you little shark guy. Hey, you, you know my Jesus, you. Listen, if they didn't know Jesus, they were going to meet Jesus. Or they were going to, like, get away from me, old Italian man. But I, I used to like what he said. He go, if God can use the ass of him in the Bible, he can use anybody him. Ha <laughs> ha. And for every one of us, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know where I came from. You don't know what I did. You don't know who I am. You don't know. How many times have I been, Pastor, you don't know my past. Pastor, I've had this thing in my life. Pastor, you just don't. And I'm like, hey, let's just trust God. And you know the crazy thing is? I look in this crowd and I see people that said things that they believed years ago. And now I look at them and I go, whoo, look what God can do. I look at them and go, look what God has done. And that's where, let me just close. The Bible says, return to your stronghold. Who's your stronghold? Jesus. Oh, prisoners of hope, today I will declare that I'll restore to you double. How many of you would like to have double what you lost? All right, the rest of you, well, okay. The lottery hasn't been doing good for you. We understand that. You know, God has never finished with us. Whether you've gone through a divorce, you suffered unimaginable hurts or losses, miscarriages, any area of our lives, He never sets us aside. 
will keep moving. If you keep moving forward to him, he'll move right there where you are. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for you to make the move. Amen? Listen, I didn't get married by looking at my wife and go, whoo, she is hot. Whoo. She's going to recognize me. You know what had to happen? I had to get up off my blessed assurance and walk over to her and go, hey, and start a relationship. And to where it came to the point where, like, she became my best friend, and I didn't want to live the rest of my life without her. Are you hearing me? It's the same way with God. People sometimes are sitting and going, God, I'm going to sit here till the blessings fall on me. Well, honey, they just might pass you by. Kind of like a snake church. You know, me or my, pass them on by. The most important thing you and I can do is realize this. God has given us a choice. We have a choice. We We have the choice to make a decision. What's your choice? And you know the cool thing is God gives freedom. But it's when you step out and trust God where you're at that you know you need God's help no matter what you face. Amen? I'm going to shut it down. I've gone too long. Let's, Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, I thank you for everyone here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. Thank you for you speaking to us this morning. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you, God, that the Bible says that when you start a work, you're able to complete the work you start. Lord, there may be, you may be here this morning and you've just been wrestling in your faith. It's okay. Maybe you're here this morning that you just came and you go, you know what? I'm tired of playing the religious game. I need to just jump in, trust God with my whole heart. Or you've been fighting just different lies. Who am I? You're a child of God. God loves. Maybe you've struggled with your identity. Just deep struggle for many years. God wants you to know that he loves you, but you can't come to him in your terms. He created you to be what you are. Trust him in that. You heard this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus. You say, Pastor Bubba, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to the Lord. I haven't trusted him wholeheartedly, but I don't want to leave this place like I came in. I want to have hope that God... That he can begin a new work in me and that he can work inside of me. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bob? That's me. I want to trust Jesus with my whole heart. If that's you, no one looking around, just raise your hand and say, and I know to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Put it down if you raise it up. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Pastor Bubba, pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this incredible opportunity to come and to present 
your truth that brings freedom in our lives. Look at me. Just say this. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I believe you are the Son of God. That you died for my sins. That I don't live hopeless. That I can have hope. That the same power that, wrote, that allowed you to rise from the grave can change my life. That I can have life and have it more abundantly. That I can live truth and not religion. Thank you for loving me, for taking on my sins, all of them, on that cross. And you nailed them there. But today, I thank you for your resurrection life. And I rejoice that you love me, that you care for me, and you put hope back in my heart. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap for those.